I don't know about you, but that was absolutely incredible. Come on, can we just give the Lord a round of applause right now for his presence with us? Wherever you're at, our prayer and our desire is that you have just experienced the Holy Spirit of God wherever you're at. You know, he's not limited to a room. He's not limited to a physical address, 130 FM 1376. He is loose. He is everywhere. We believe that he's with you right now wherever you're dialing in, on the front porch, on the back porch, over a bowl of honeycomb cereal, whatever you're doing on the coast. We believe that the Holy Spirit of God is loose. And our greatest desire and prayer is that you will have experienced his presence already today. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for life change that we saw demonstrated today with scriptural baptism. We thank you, God, that even right now, wherever we are, we can experience your presence and feel you very near to us. Holy Spirit, would you continue to take over, captivate us right now with a word that you have for us. I pray for focus. I pray against distractions. I pray that we would lock in and not tune out, Father, on what you want to do in this moment moment. It's in the awesome, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, come on, I couldn't hear you. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. It was the summer of 1967. Young people from all across the country made their way to a 25 square mile, a 25 block radius, excuse me, of of an area of San Francisco known as the Haight-Asbury District. They traveled by, by train. They, they loaded up in their VW vans. They even hitchhiked. They all wanted to be a part of what we now know was called the summer of love. They came with youthful idealisms. They longed for something better, something different. They wore their tie-dye and bell-bottoms. Some wore flowers in their hair. They wore headbands. They came with this dream and this idea to bring about a change, to be a part of something different. Once there, they took drugs, they made music, they made love, they raided thrift stops and Salvation Army characters. They just had a party as they were pursuing something better. I love what one of them said, quote, what was cool was that you could join a group of strangers anytime, anywhere, and you knew you'd be accepted. You only had to walk out your front door and join the fun. Those young people wanted something better. That's what we've been pursuing this summer here as well in this teaching series that we've called the summer of love. We've been pursuing something better. Our world needs something better and different right now. Would you agree with me? We've been pursuing that. And what I believe and hopefully what you believe is what our world needs right now is Jesus. We need the love of Jesus. We need to love like 
Jesus. Today, we're wrapping up this teaching series, A Summer of Love. And I know for those of you that are, that are school age, you're probably going, oh, come on, can't you just extend it a little bit longer? Because you know that if we're ending the summer of love, that, that things are about to shift and change maybe for you with your schooling, whatever choice you've made, right? Uh, but we're going to wrap this series up today as, as we prepare for a new journey. But just let me recap some of the things that we have been challenging you with over these last nine and 10 weeks. We've been encouraging you, reminding you that, that true love means acting. It's not just a feeling that you have, but it means that you actually take action towards something. That's why at the end of each one of our teaching times together, we've encouraged you with an action step, a challenge of some sort. We've been challenging you to put love into action. We've said things like this, that if we're going to be the people of God, we have got to love the people that God loves. Are you with me today? God loves people. And if we say we love him, then we need to love as he loves. We've talked about things over the last few weeks, such as forgiveness. We've talked about this thing of listening. And we made the statement that if we want people to hear us, we need to hear them. We need to listen. We looked a few weeks ago at the story of, of, of a young lady by the name of Ruth. And we looked at her situation and we reminded you that God is at work in the world. And despite your circumstance and your situation, he wants to use you. We looked at that Hebrew word hesed, which means merciful, compassionate, grace-filled, loving kindness. And we challenged you not just to have compassion or feel compassion, but, but, but to do the work of Jesus. Our compassion towards people or situation should actually drive us to step into that situation and demonstrate Jesus Christ in the midst of that moment, right? We looked at the story of the prodigal son, and for me, that was a great reminder, and maybe it will serve for that uh, towards you today as well, is that God's love reaches out to sinners no matter how they got lost or why they got lost, amen? Aren't you thankful for the shed blood of Jesus that despite what we have done, he still loves us, and that's a great reminder for us, the church, as to how we are to respond to people. Because it's so easy for us to somehow place ourselves on the throne of a judge and to think that we get to select or choose who's worthy of love, who's worthy of mercy, who's worthy of hesed. And, and what happens a lot of is we, we, we limit that because we think that we have the right. Listen, I'm so thankful that when Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross and he gave up his life for you, it was despite the good and it was despite all the bad things that you would ever do in your life. He just loves people. He loves you. In fact, today I pray if there's a message that you need to hear most is that you need to know that God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not done with you. His desire is that you not spend an eternity separated from him in a place that we believe is called hell. The Bible speaks of that. But God desires to have a relationship with you right now. And in the midst of uncertain times, in the midst of a virus that seems running crazy and rampant, in the midst of a world of confusion and not knowing what we're gonna do next, I pray that you would settle that question once and for all in your life. Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? 
What are you holding on to in these days? What is it that's going to see you through? Come on, I'm telling you, in the midst of a pandemic, we have an answer. And his name is Jesus. And if we can help you with that and understand that, any, we, we would love for you. There, there's going to be a number at the end of our time together today. You can, can text to this number, 97000. You can text pray 1910 or, or you could text first 1910. We're going to have people that want to follow up with you and help answer those questions for you today. Today, I'm going to wrap it up. And we're going to lock and load it. We're going to go fast today. Amen. Hey, praise God, first of all, for some rain this morning. Amen. Come on. We are so thankful for that. And uh, the, the, the resurrection on our lawns <laughs> that is about to take place over the next couple of days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But today we want to wrap it up. And today, here's the point of our, our journey together. Here's what I want you to understand today is that our effectiveness is measured by the influence we have on our community. Our influence, or our effectiveness, excuse me, is measured by the influence that we have on our community. See, here's what I want us to understand today. God has placed you and I in, in neighborhoods and in social groups, in schools, in, 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 in job opportunities. He's placed us there so that we could be salt and light so that somehow we can influence those arenas, those environments, those atmospheres that he puts us in so that we can be a, a Jesus influence in all of those areas. Are you with me today? And the effectiveness of what we believe or what we do as a church is, is not measured by what we do at a physical address here on Sisterdale Highway in a box. No, 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 no. The effectiveness of who we are in Christ and what this church or any church of Jesus Christ, the effectiveness of that church is measured by how we live for Jesus in these environments that he places us in our community. It's time for us to think externally. It's time for us to think out there. It's time for us to get past this idea of, 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 of our true measure of, of a church or as the body is what happens internally when we're together. No, 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 no. The, the, the true effectiveness of who we are as the church is measured as we live and go about our day-to-day -day activities being Jesus in those environments. External thinking. Church out there. In fact, that was one of the names years ago that, that when we were thinking about a name for, for our church, I, I, I threw that out, the out there church. Now, there are some people that think we are that, that think we're a little weird, right? Yeah, we're out there. But, but, but I love that imagery because it means that we're, we're, we're not confined to a physical address or structure, but that we're going to be a church here at 1910 Church that is loosed in our communities. That we're going to be a people that are constantly on a search and rescue mission. We're finding people far from God and restoring them to this relationship that he created them for. Out there, external focus. Now, it's real easy for the church to think internally. And I don't know that if there's any church that says, you know what, our mission is just to think internally. No, no, no church, I believe, ever sets out to be that. But it's real easy for the church just to think that everything that happens must happen in a building. I don't think anybody ever wants to get there, but it's so easy to shift and migrate there. The opposite of externally thinking is, is this idea of internal measurements. 
Keep in mind what I said, our effectiveness at 1910, we're measuring that based on what we do outside of the walls of the building. And the times in which we find ourselves living in demand that we think that way in even greater capacity. Would you agree with me? I miss seeing you guys. That's why I love when I do have an opportunity to run into some of you guys around town. It's like, oh my goodness, it is so good to see your face. Man, it's been like months since we've seen each other. It has been, hasn't it? And it's so good to see you guys. It's so good to see you guys. But, 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 but I understand that, that, that this is a time in which God has us in, in which I believe that, that there's a purpose for our not being together as much as, pos- as we used to be. That, that, that God is somehow awaking us to this idea. Hey, listen, this has been my plan for you from the very beginning. It is good to gather together and be together. Absolutely. But more importantly, we live the majority of our week apart from one another. So how can we still be connected with this same hope of the gospel of Jesus as we go about our daily living externally focused? Even though we're not together, we still can be the hands and feet of Jesus. We can still be the church wherever our daily activities take us. You know, in the years preceding the, the, the Babylonian captivity, captivity, Isaiah had a message for God's people because God's people had slipped into what is so easy for churches to do, internally focused thinking. They, they, they had kind of forgotten their, the, the, the call of, of, of representing Yahweh in their life and, and, and they had become so internally focused. They, they, they had been caught up more in their, their formal worship activities versus loving others and directing them towards Yahweh. And so the prophet Isaiah sends a word to that internally focused group of God's people. Look what he says in in, in Isaiah chapter one, beginning in verse 13. I want to read from the message translation because I love the way it reads. He says this, quit your worship charades. I can't stand your trivial religious games, monthly conferences, weekly Sabbaths, special meetings, 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 meetings. I can't stand one more meeting for this meeting for that. I hate them. You've worn me out. I'm sick of your religion, 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 while you go right on sinning. By the way, that word religion means to have an outward focus. We've misconstrued that and we've destroyed it. When you put on your next prayer performance, I'll be looking the other way. No matter how long or how loud or how often you pray, I'll not, I will not be listening. And do you know why? Because you've been tearing people to pieces and your hands are bloody. Go home and wash up. Clean up your act. Sweep your lives clean of your evil doings so that I don't have to look at them any longer. Say no to wrong. Learn to do good, work for justice, help the down and out, stand up for the homeless, go to bat for the defenseless. Wow. What a word from the prophet Isaiah for the people of Israel. But is that not a great word for us today as we consider being externally focused As we survey the culture in which we find ourselves in, listen, it is time for us to think about people and the needs around us and to realize that God has placed us there so that we can influence it 
all for his glory. You see, when you read the book of Isaiah, throughout the book, Isaiah is exposing the inadequacy of the faith of the people of God. They they do a good job of loving God, but at the expense, they forgot to love others. Listen, we pray that we would fall in love with God, and we pray that for you, that you're falling deeper and deeper in love with God. We're doing things as a church. We're sending things out constantly through social media to encourage you, whether that be book studies. I know that we've got a group of ladies through Radiant that are studying and reading the word together right now. We have been sending you some some videos from Christian counselors to encourage you in the times in which we live in. Your groups are still meeting together and, and, and even serving, putting Jesus on the spot. Listen, we want you to grow, but listen, it is not enough for us to simply grow in our love for God while we neglect and forget the people that he's placed us around. How will they know him if we don't go to them and put him on display so that they might get a better picture as to who he is? We have got to be a church that engages the community with the good news of Jesus Christ and our good works. We've got to look for ways to be a blessing to our communities, not a curse. We've got to look for ways to to build bridges in our community, not walls around it. We've got to think externally. You know, that's why I love this church. Because over the last four and a half, five months, you guys have done some pretty incredible things. We've done a lot of things this summer. We've served in a lot of different ways and and performed a lot of great deeds and acts and put Christ on display. I want to read to you some of the things that we've been doing over the last few weeks because we've not been together and been able to focus on. And you might not just understand all that's been going on through the ministry of this church out away from this building. We've come alongside Hill Country Daily Bread Ministries on several different occasions We've made phone calls to families that they serve. We've gotten children's clothing sizes and we've actually gathered clothes for kids that need some clothing through getting them ready for their back to school experiences. I don't know if you remember, but, but through, at, during the Easter time, we, we, we celebrated communion together as a church family <laughs> in our homes or in your mobile home or wherever you were located, right? And, and we had people assemble communion kits and distribute those all throughout. You know, we gave out well over 1,500, I think almost near 2,000 communion kits during the Easter weekend for people to be able to experience that holy celebration together. We've, we've, we have built and, and, and constructed several face masks for people all throughout our community, whether that be in senior adult living homes, whether that be with first responders or school personnel. We've actually put big gift baskets together and delivered to, to medical uh, personnel and to, to first responders all throughout our community. We've had ladies, I, I love, there was an image of, that one of our ladies sent us of a dress and, and then the next image she sent us was a face mask. She took a dress and, and, and used that old dress to make face masks that would protect people from the virus. I love that. 
We've been a part with the Hill Country Pregnancy Care Center serving that agency, that center there through various service projects around. They've been shut down. They've not had the resources. And so we've had some of our life groups through our sup and serve mentality this summer that have actually been cleaning windows and sprucing up the exterior of that facility. We've been a part of this back to school clothing drive, like I mentioned. We've supported the Bernie Community Coalition by providing funds for them to feed kids even in the midst of this summer pandemic where they're not coming to school to receive a nutritionist meal. Through your faithful giving, we've been a part of that. Amen. We've bought food trucks for daily bread ministries. We've sent people there to volunteer and sort and distribute the, those, the, the, the food items and clothing there. We've been family mentors to people through that incredible ministry. I love this one. We, 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 we painted flower pots for a local nursing facility. Uh, seeds of hope is what we called that. And, and boys and girls at home with moms and dads had paint supplies and we painted those and we sent those. I was actually walking my dog in my neighborhood and somebody pulled up next to me and says, hey, 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 aren't you that preacher at 1910 church? And I'm a little nervous when people say that because I'm like, okay, what have you heard, right? Said, so I want you to know that my mom and dad received two flower pots from people that painted them in your church. Thank you so much for blessing them and brightening up their day. Come on, guys, we're talking a simple clay flower pot. You never know what kind of hope that's gonna breathe into someone's life. Time and time again, we put together over 750 congratulation gift bags for seniors that graduated this year. You guys have been a part of doing some incredible things in this midst of us not being able to gather together physically on campus. But what the enemy has tried to do to stifle this house of 1910, no, 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 you guys have kicked him in the teeth time and time again, and you've continued to think externally. You've continued to think, how can I find a need and fill it? Thank you. That's what we're called to be. I think I say, be saying, that's what I'm talking about. Quit thinking internally. That's what externally focused churches do. You don't measure your effectiveness by how many people are in the house or how many programs or activities you do or, or what, what you're, you're, no, no. You measure it by the influence you're having with the gospel of Jesus outside this box. And guys, listen, we must continue to do so because there are people that are hurting and need help during these times in which we live. We've got to continue to be generous. We need to continue, continually look for those that are hurting and broken and on the margins of our society. You know, God's plan to minister to people on the margins of society that are homeless, that are immigrants, that are poor, that are sick, that are orphaned, that are widowed. You know what his plan is? It's me and you. That's the plan. He's calling us to step into those situations. In fact, did you know that in the Bible, there are more than 400 biblical passages that demonstrate God's love for those on the margins of society? Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 18 through 19 says, he ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and he gives them food and clothing. So you too must lo show love to foreigners for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. Guys, listen, 
in our pursuit of loving God, we must not neglect loving others. In our pursuit of loving God, we must not neglect loving others. God is asking us to continue to open up our hearts to show mercy to people and to step into their world. He's also calling us to continue to develop spirit of generosity. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 15, it says this, give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor. That is why I am commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. Guys, through your faithful giving, through your generosity, we've been able to do some of these things that we just showed you pictures of and that we've laid out. In fact, can I just tell you something? This is, this is how awesome it is to be a part of this house that even in the midst of this, do you realize that our giving this year is 16% above what our budget called for? I don't think you get that. You guys are continuing to be generous because you understand that when we give to the storehouse, we are able to make masks and paint flower pots and deliver communion kits and we're able to take gift baskets to those. And listen, you guys, through your generosity, you're giving above and beyond what our budget that we approved back last September calls for. Thank you. I love, I love being a part of this church. God is at work. He's moving. People are still being saved and baptized. You're meeting the needs of people. You are an externally focused church. Let us continue to be about that. And so here's what I'm gonna leave you with today. How can we continue to be involved with the needs of our community? How can we continue to, to feed those that are hungry? How can we clothe those that are in need? How can we bring a home to the homeless? Those things are good. Social justice, the social gospel is needed, but I'm telling you, the true gospel is needed as well. Because you see, as we provide a face mask, as we provide a sandwich, as we provide finances to help someone who's down and out. Those things are good, but in the midst of that, we have an opportunity to present to them the bread of life, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so here's my closing question for you today. Are there people in this community that need an extra dose of mercy? Who are they? Are you looking? Are you listening? Will you step into those moments as God brings those situations before you? Can you imagine how different this community would be if every follower of Jesus Christ would begin to love and serve others? in a meaningful way. So Father, that's my prayer for us, is that we would continue to look for the needs around us and that we would step into those moments. God, in this day and this time in which we can't be together here, Lord, that's okay. 
because you're using us in greater ways outside of this box. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I pray that, that, that we would continue to have eyes and ears open, sensitive, looking, listening, finding those situations that you're sending us into, God, that we can, well, we can represent Jesus Christ. And Father, that's who we represent. We're your ambassadors. We're yours. And God, I celebrate and I thank you for the way you've been using this church that has been scattered for the last five months. Father, I believe, I believe you're working. I believe that this message of hope that we possess as believers in Christ is what our world needs the most. And so, Father, I'm praying that we as your church would continue to think externally and how we can serve and bless people in the name of Jesus. Listen, if we can pray with you today, I want to encourage you to text PRAY1910 to the number you see on the screen right now, 97000. We have an army of people that are ready to give you a phone call in just a few minutes and pray with you. So if we can partner with you, pray over a need, pray over a situation, maybe there's a health need that you have. Maybe there's some sort of a physical or financial struggle. Whatever we can do to pray with you, we would be honored to do so. That's what we're about. And our prayer team stands ready to do that. Hey, if this was your first time with us today, thank you for logging in and joining us. There will be a day soon that we will get to see you maybe face-to-face, socially distanced. But we'd love to have an opportunity to meet you. But text the word FIRST1910 right now. And some of our staff are going to follow up with you and encourage you and let you know about some of the awesome things that God's doing here at 1910. And I want to close with this today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. and Show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen.